Jesus' name and everybody in the house said amen. Hey, just sit down, give somebody some knuckles and say, I am so glad you get to sit by me tonight. Let them know that, all right? I am so glad you get to sit by me. I don't know about you, but I've been looking forward to being back tonight. I just want, I want to brag a little bit on y'all. Um, we were talking on Monday at staff meeting. I said, now, now, gentlemen, let me just say, here's kind of the flow that usually goes in revival. You know, Sunday night we have a good crowd. Monday it takes a pretty big dip. Tuesday it ticks back up. And then Wednesday, you know, everybody shows back up. But you guys, you ladies have shown up. So can we just give thanks for those who are here tonight, man? Thank you for being here. Uh, I just want to brag. On you all, uh, man, I just feel like every night we've had a great crowd, some incredible uh, movements of God. I've been talking with my wife, Heather, and uh, she goes, well, how are things going? And I go, honestly, they're going incredible. God's moving. Uh, I believe God is even doing stuff that, that we're not even seeing in here. I think things are happening that, that we don't even know about. And, uh, and so I just want to say thank you for being here. Um, I know that before revival, uh, there was a, a link, I think, sent out that you could join the 21 days of prayer. And I just want to thank you who, who were able to do that and get on. And not that if you weren't on there, you weren't praying. But thank you for praying with us, praying for revival. Because here's what I believe about prayer. Prayer is the power. I'll say that again. Prayer is the power. What did Jesus say? You don't have. Why? Because you don't. Ask, And I think sometimes we just don't see God move because one of two things. Either one, we don't ask, or two, we just don't believe God will. Right? I mean, you remember when Jesus walked through one town? And the Bible records a really interesting statement. It says this, and he could not perform many miracles there, listen to this, because of their lack of belief. Think about that. Now, I, I don't know. I mean, I know we're good Baptists, right? And so a lot of times we read over that kind of stuff. We're like, yeah, you know. Uh, but, but here's the truth. There's something tied to faith and belief in God moving. It's not manipulation. I don't believe at all. But it's just God's manifestation that God wants to be. Listen, <laughs> you, if you're not taking notes, you might want to write this down. Uh, God wants to be where God is wanted. Think about that for how many of you, you ever walked in a room and you could tell you weren't wanted there? Uh, pastors like, yep, yep. Hey, 100%. Like, I'm on a plane talking with people. We get in the conversation, like, what do you do? And they're like, oh, you know, I'm a business. What do you do? And I'm like, uh, I'm a preacher. They're like, mm. Right, you, you, you know you get that sometimes, not all the time. So I've changed it. When I'm on a plane now, somebody asks me what I do, I tell them this. I say, I'm an ambassador for a king. Now, now they want to talk. Now, 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 now they want to have a conversation. I'm like, oh, okay. That, but, but I believe that God wants to be where God is wanted. And so in revival, what happens is God begins to stir up our heart in a fresh way. And, and God begins to move. And it's not like God has changed, but I believe our heart has changed and God changes us. And, and we begin to say, God, we want you. God, we make space for you. God, we want you to show up. God, we want you to move. Here's the truth. God is everywhere. That's his omnipresence, right? God's everywhere. Like you're never going to step somewhere God ain't. God's everywhere, okay? God is everywhere. Omnipresence. Then there's his indwelling presence, right? If you're a believer, where does God dwell? In you, through the Holy Spirit, right? You are a temple of the Holy Spirit. Temple, dwelling place. Everybody got it? Say, got it. This ain't even the sermon. I don't even know why I'm telling you this, but here it is. So there's God's omnipresence. Then there's God's indwelling presence. But there's also what's known as God's manifest presence. Now, what's the manifest presence? That is when God reveals himself. God makes himself known. And so really what we pray for in revival is, God, we know you are here. So it's not like we're like, God, show up because God's already here. We know that God is in us if you're a believer. But there's this third presence, God, we want you to show yourself, to make yourself known. We want you to save those that are lost. We want you to convict the believer of sin. We want you to Call people out. And that's what revival is. It's God's manifest presence showing up, God doing work because we believe, we desire, we want God here. Amen? So, so now let me just give you 
some really cool practical truth right now. That doesn't end tomorrow night. Like revival doesn't end tomorrow, or at least I should say it doesn't have to. As a matter of fact, in a real way, revival should just be beginning. And this ought to spill over into what happens on Thursday and Friday and Saturday and Sunday. And it ought to spill over into our jobs and our schools and our workplaces and our homes. If real revival has happened, it's going to change every domain of our life. That means I'm going to watch different shows. I'm going to read different stuff. I'm going to be entertained by different entertainment. I'm going to talk differently. I'm going to use different language. I'm, go I'm going to be changed, and I'm going to then be that change in the world around me. Why? Because I've encountered God. God is in me. God wants to work on me, and God wants to work through me. But it all depends on if you and I want to what? Say it, somebody. Wake up. Wake up. Because here's the truth. I, 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 was, I was a younger brother. I had an older brother. And um, my, my older brother, when he was in high school, that brother could sleep through anything. I really think a train could hit the house and he'd still be out, right? And, but I remember my dad on Saturday mornings, my mom would often cook breakfast on Saturday morning. And, um, and you could smell it. And no, no, no teenager wants to get up on Saturday morning. Am I right, teenagers? Amen. They're like, I don't want to get up any morning. What are you talking? I understand, all right? But, but on Saturday morning, like, you get to sleep in, but mom would cook, and, man, you begin to smell it, and mom would say, breakfast is ready. That was your clue. Get up, get out of bed, and get to the table. That was your warning. If you did not move, you would hear this. Our, our house was on pier and beams. Um, it wasn't on a slab, you know. And so when my dad walked through the house, you heard him coming before you saw him coming. And, um, and if you heard this, you better know, you better get out of bed. Now, I was typically um, a, a lighter sleeper, so I would get, because I, I knew what was about to go down, right? Um, well, my brother was a hard sleeper, and a lot of times he'd say, you better wake up, you know. And I'm like, get, I'm out of bed. I'm like, I'm up, I'm up, I'm up, right? But my brother would sleep through it. And so here's what my dad would do. He'd go in his room. He grabbed the covers, he yanked the covers off, and my dad would grab his ankles. And about that time, my brother would start to say to somebody, wake up, but it's too late then. And he's like, no, 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 no. And my dad, you know, he was, <laughs> he grabbed his ankles and literally just, <laughs> I don't know how he did it to this day, I have no idea. I'm like, that's pretty impressive if I think about it. He literally grabbed him, and you'd come out of the bed like right and you'd hit the floor boom and it was because you would not wake up now listen some of you this week man you're gonna wake up voluntarily right you're gonna get up you're like man I'm responding I hear the Lord I'm coming but some of you in this room I just really believe God's about to yank you out of bed and let me just say it's always better to hear wake up and respond than to get yanked out of bed amen uh, but if you wake up, I'm down for either way. I just want God to wake us up. I told you guys I travel full time with our ministry. It's called Rage Ministries, reaching a generation endangered. I spend a lot of my time uh, going after students, middle school, high school, collegiates, um, just trying to do one of two things. Here's our mission statement. I just want to share this with you because it kind of leads into what we're doing tonight. Um, we say this at Rage Ministries. We exist to number one, preach the gospel to the next generation. So all week long, what I've been doing is just trying to preach the gospel. I've been trying to present the gospel to you all week long, giving you opportunities to hear and to respond. So we exist to number one, preach the gospel to the next generation and, not or, but and, the next word says, say it somebody, and prepare. Look at somebody and say, you about to be prepared. Go ahead and tell them right now. You're about to be prepared. So, so to get prepared tonight, what I need you to do is I need you to get out your Bible and I need you to get out something to take notes with. So get out your Bible and get out something to take notes with. If you have your Bible, open up to Romans chapter number one. And if you have something to take notes with, um, get it out and start writing this down. We exist 
to preach the gospel to the next generation and to prepare them to do the same. Now, here's, here's the truth. This is what I was talking about with our boy. I think his name was Braden, the ninth, tenth grader that was on the on the um, on the front. He's not back to he told me, he told me tonight, he told me last night, he said, Look, I'm not gonna be back tomorrow, and it's not because you embarrassed me. I'm like, thank you for letting me know that, all right? Um he had something else tonight, but anyway, I pretty man, I was like, man, that's super mature of him to come and let me. I was like, you are in 10th grade. You can't fool me, all right? So ninth grader, they wouldn't have cared. But anyway, so, so but what, what I tried to express to him was this. Listen, the, the reason that you're in 10th grade is because there are 10th graders around you that need Jesus. Amen? That's why he's not in 11th grade. That's why he's not in 9th grade. No matter where he thinks he is or not, like he's in 10th grade. And here's the truth. He's in 10th grade. Why? Because there are 10th graders that need Jesus. Like, I, I don't know what your address is, but you know why that's your address? Because there are people around you that, that need Jesus. And, and, and you know why you work where you work? You're in the cubicle you're in. You go, yeah, please tell me. Because there are people around you that are in need of Jesus. They need to see Jesus in you, and they need to hear about Jesus from you. That is why we are passionate not just about preaching the gospel to the next generation, but my boy Braden, like, I'm not going to see 90% of his friends ever. They're going to see him. So I can't just preach the gospel to them, but he can, so we've got to prepare them to do the same. Now, um, I'm setting this up because tonight all I want to do, it's very, very simple. I want to prepare you. Look at someone beside you and say, he's talking to you right now, okay? I want to I I prepare you, no, no matter how, how young you are or how old you are in the room, I want to prepare you with a very simple way that you can preach the gospel to those around you, that, that, that you can be confident and competent and consistent in telling others about Jesus, that when God opens up a door for you to tell someone a reason for the hope that you have in this dark season that you may be walking through and they're like why do you have this weird peace about you you don't have to go you're like well you know I just you know I know it's gonna be okay no you can actually like open up your mouth and say you really want to know why I have hope you really want to know why I have a peace right now we have a shirt at our table back there and it just says hope dealer hope dealer hope dealer now why, why that because what are we are what are we we're hope dealers and hope has a name, and his name is Jesus. See, we're, see Generation Z, the, 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 these teens, uh, it's, it's about now, it's about, um, I think about fifth grade to uh, just graduating college, just Gen Z generation. Like, like the second leading cause of death amongst Gen Z teens is suicide. They're a generation that is losing hope, but we have hope. And his name is Jesus. And they're not going to know about Jesus if we don't tell them or equip them to tell them. And so tonight, I want you to be able to leave this place equipped. I want us to be able to not just preach the gospel, but prepare others to do the same. I want everybody in this room to be able to walk out of these doors. And if God gives you an opportunity for you to be able to open up your mouth and say, let me tell you about Jesus. Why the gospel? Romans 1.16, if you have your Bible open, you can underline this, highlight this. If it's not underlined or highlighted in your Bible, it should be. This should be one you commit to memory. This should be one that reminds you of why it is so important. Here it is. Paul says this. I am not, say it with me, church, ashamed. Now, church, I just want to remind us all that there ain't nobody on the planet right now have any shame at all. Except the church. It's amazing to me that the more bold and unashamed the world has gotten, the more quiet and ashamed it seems like the church has gotten. Don't be ashamed of the message that we have. He says, I am not ashamed of the gospel, of the good news. I'm not ashamed of Jesus. Why? Because it, the gospel, the story of Jesus, it is the, say it with me, church, the power, I said, say it with me, church, the power of God for salvation. There's no other power for someone to be saved but the name of Jesus. And he says, you know I'm not ashamed? You know why I'm not going to back up? 
I'm not going to duck down. I'm not going to shut up. But I'm going to continue to stand up and speak up the name of Jesus. He says, you want to know why? Because there is no other hope for the world except Jesus. And church, if we don't understand that and get that and get equipped to tell the world about that, the world's going to continue to look for hope somewhere else. And hope is not found in the White House, the schoolhouse, or in your house. It's in the church house. It's in Jesus. Amen? He is the hope of the world. A amen? And the problem is I just don't know if we believe that anymore. But Paul said, listen, guys, I'm not ashamed of the gospel because it's the power of God for salvation to everyone. Look at your neighbor and say, even you. Tell them right now, even you. It's the power of God for salvation to everyone who believes. So tonight, I want us to wake up. Sunday morning, wake up to who God is. Sunday night, wake up to where we are. Last night, wake up to who we are tonight, write this down. I want us to wake up to a message from God. I kind of wish somebody's cell phone would have went ding right then, right? You know what I'm saying? Uh, because we get those dings, and what do you do when you hear the ding? We're like Pavlov's dog, right? What do we do? <laughs> right? We, we look at it right there. It don't matter what's happening. It don't matter what is going down. Somebody could be having a straight heart attack in front of your phone dings. You're like, oh, oh hold up. Right? Right? And here's the thing tonight. I just want you to internally and mentally hear that ding right now. I want you to hear God saying, bing, I got a message for you. And that message is called the gospel. So here's what I want you to do. I need you to write. I need you to draw. All right? I need you to draw. I know, I know that's a little weird. Uh, but, but I just need you to draw. I need you to draw because I believe these four symbols can actually help you communicate the gospel to anyone, anywhere, anytime. I want you to draw these four symbols. Um, by the way, if you're taking notes on your phone, um, don't worry about drawing them. These are emojis also. If you don't know what an emoji is, you shouldn't be taking notes on your phone. So here it is. So um, <laughs> Here it is. There's a heart. So if I was you, I wouldn't draw them across. I'd draw them vertical. Don't draw them across. Draw them vertical. There's a heart. Then there's a division symbol. Then there's a cross. And then there's a question mark, okay? I want you to draw that out. I almost gave you all wristbands before we started, but I knew you wouldn't take notes. I know how you are. Because on these wristbands are the four symbols. And these four symbols help you and I figure out how we can communicate the gospel. So here's all I want to do tonight. I just want to walk through these four symbols. I want to walk through the gospel, and I want you to take this home, begin to marinate on this, because I believe God has put you in this place right now tonight for one of two reasons. Listen to me close. You are in this room tonight either because you need to hear this message and receive the gospel or because you've already heard it and received it, and you need to deliver that news to someone else. That's the only two reasons you're in here. Every one of us. Either you need to respond to the gospel tonight by faith in Jesus Christ for the very first time. You need to come, surrender your life to him after you hear what the good news, the message is. Or, or you are a believer already and this message you're going to get and you're going to go out of this place and you're going to share it with somebody else. Number one, what does the heart represent? Um, somebody tell me. If you see the heart um, anywhere, any place, anytime, what does the heart represent? Thank you. Very good. It represents love, but don't write love down. The heart represents love. About six months ago, I was down in McAllen, Texas. I was in a restaurant with a buddy of mine. Um, we were um, having dinner. Um, we could tell, uh, uh, we started talking to our waitress. She came up really late. She seemed a little frustrated, uh, but we just kind of laughed, tried to make light, tried to make her feel better. You know, like, hey, what's up? Just starting a conversation with her. And, um, and uh, throughout the conversation, um, I just began to ask, because I'm not from there. I said, look, I'm not from here. Hey, do you know any good churches in the area? I was just seeing if she knew. I was there with the church, but I just wanted to see if she knew, right? Like, oh, what am I doing? I don't really care if she knows a good church. I want to know if she goes to church, right? So I'm like, hey, do you know any good churches in the area? And she's like, you know, actually, no, nah, I don't. I was like, well, do you go to church anywhere? She said, well, you know, my grandmother used to take me when I was a little kid, and she named the Catholic church in there. I was like, okay, so here's what I know. Here's what I know out of just those questions, that she has some religious background. 
that she has a little bit of frame of reference. And I was like, oh, okay. And I said, well, I just, I just you know, um, actually I'm here with the church. And I think it's a church maybe you should visit sometime. We talked about it for a little bit. And I said, but hey, there's a bigger picture here. And, and really, I, I really want to ask you this. Can I tell you real quickly a story that can change your life? Now, in that moment, what do you think? Some, if you tell somebody that, hey, can I tell you a story real quick that I believe can change your life? What do you think the person's going to say? Sure. Yeah. Because I'm not saying, hey, can I, can I tell you about Jesus? I'm not saying that, right? What am I saying? Hey, can I tell you a story that I believe can change your life? And what did she say? She said, sure. I said, okay, awesome. And I had on my hand a wristband. I pulled this wristband off. It wasn't this one. Um, and, and I said, here's the cool thing about this story. It can be summarized with four simple symbols. And I said, first of all, there's this heart. You see that? And she goes, yeah, I see that. I said, what do you think the heart tells you? What do you think the heart represents? And what do you think she said? She said, love. I said, you're exactly right. Now listen to this. I said, you're exactly right. And you know what the Bible says? Do you see me flip it that quick? I said, you're exactly right. The heart symbolizes love. And you know what the Bible says? The Bible says, listen, the Bible says what? God is love. Boom, now we're in. Now we're in. Okay, now, now I'm in the conversation. Now it started the hard parts over, right? Starting the conversation, turning the conversation is always the hardest part. And so I've gone from, how are you? Do you go to church anywhere? Uh, hey, let me tell you about this church, but can I tell you a story that can really change your life? She goes, sure. She gave me permission. I show her a symbol. I go, hey, what does that represent? She says love. I, and I don't go, no, moron. It means God. That's not what I say, right? Right? No, she says, that represents love, and I'm like, you're exactly right, and you know what the Bible says. The Bible says God is love. Now, when I'm studying this, when I'm memorizing this, like all of you are going to do the rest of the week, there are three things I want to know about God. Three things. Number one, you need to know, number one, God loves you. You need to know, number two, God made you, and number three, God wants you. Now, listen to me close. Um, you will not or rarely will share all three of those. But you need all three of them in your arsenal. You need all three of them. You need all three of those arrows in your quiver. Why? Because you never know which one you need to pull out and shoot. So I'm sitting here with this lady, and I'm going, hey, do you know what? God loves you. As a matter of fact, the Bible says this. For God so loved the world. She had a name tag on. I honestly don't remember right now what her name was, but let's just say it's Gabrielle. And I said, hey, Gabrielle, here's what the Bible says. For God so loved Gabrielle. Do you realize God loves you? Now, I want to tell you what happened the moment I said, God loves you. Let me tell you exactly what happened. It was like time stood still. I'm not preacher talking now. I'm not making stuff up. I'm not exaggerating the story. In that moment, tears welled up in her eyes and began to stream down her face. And I looked at my buddy at the table with me. I was thinking, did I say something wrong? In my mind, I'm going, whoa, what just happened? Because all I said to her was, Gabrielle, I just want you to know God loves you. She stops in that moment. Tears fill her eyes. They start streaming down her cheek in the middle of this restaurant. And I'm going, oh, man, what just happened? Thank God one of my buddies was there, and he was a pastor. He just looks at her, and here's what he says. He reminds me a lot of Pastor Mac, just a shepherd, just loves people, just gifted in loving people well. And, and, and he looks at her, and he goes, tell me what's going on. See, I, ha I had more to go. I was like, wait, I ain't done yet, right? <laughs> right? But he says, tell me what's going on. Tears streaming down her face. She goes, I just want to let you know. I was late coming to this table tonight because I was out in my car. She said, I didn't want to come in. As a matter of fact, I was out in my car having a panic attack. And she said, somehow, some way, I got it together and I came in here and y'all were sitting here. And she just began to share stuff that was going on in her life. Weight and brokenness, relationships, just, I was like, what just happened? All I said was, God loves you. And all of a sudden, that simple truth just began to pour out this weight that was on her. Sometimes all people need to hear is God loves you. And it opens up a door that nothing else would. 
As a matter of fact, can I just encourage you to bring somebody with you tomorrow night? I'm going to preach a very simple message tomorrow night. It's, it's called three words that will change everything. And here are the three words. I'll give you the hint. God loves you. But there's a lot to that. So come back tomorrow and bring somebody with you. Because I believe those three words change everything. This girl, she began to cry. She then began to pour out what was going on. As she talked a little bit and got herself together, I said, hey, you know, you know, there's a reason that there's all this brokenness in your life. And I said, actually, it's represented by the second symbol. Right? It's represented by this second symbol here. Now, before I go there, let me just tease this out for you. What you need to know about God is God loves you, for God so loved the world. God made you. We talked about that last night, Psalm 139. I'm fearfully and wonderfully made. But, but I think one of the most powerful truths that people get really shook by today is this last one. Not just that God loves you and God made you, but here's a crazy one, and God wants you. Have you thought about that? Like God wants you. What does 2 Peter 3, 9 says? God is not willing that any should perish, but that all should come to repentance. You know what that tells me? God wants every one of us. Look at your neighbor and say, God wants you. Tell them right now, God wants you. And I guarantee you there's somebody in the house right now, somebody just said that to you, and internally here's what you thought. Nope. God doesn't want me. <laughs> I know you told me that because the preacher told you to tell me that, but, but you don't know where I've been. You don't know what I've done. You don't know what's been done to me. There's no way God wants me. Listen to me close right now. That's a lie of the enemy. And I want to tell you right now, declare over you right now, whoever's believing that lie, God loves you, God made you, and God wants you. That's what all the heart represents. And so I don't always share all three with somebody, but I'm going to share one of them with them, right? If I know there's a girl who's dealing with identity issues, you know what I'm going to tell her? Hey, God made you. God made you. Like you are fearfully and wonderfully made. I don't care what your friends say. I don't care what TikTok tells you. I don't care what measuring stick you have. God made you and he did not mess up. And I may go there. If I know someone just feels rejected, especially someone whose maybe dad left them very early or mom left them very early, like I will tell them, hey, you know what? Listen, and they feel unwanted, guess which one I'm going to pull out? God wants you. And you know, how, you know how I know that? I don't know that half the time. The Holy Spirit leads and in it, but, 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 but you've got to have the arrow in the quiver to be able to shoot the arrow. So if you'll know these things, then what you can do is you can pull them out and let the Holy Spirit shoot whichever one goes. I can't tell you how many times I was like, I just want you to know, listen, God wants you. And the kid looks back at me and goes, man, you don't even know. I've been told my whole life nobody wants me. And I'm like, well, <laughs> I'm here to tell you, you've been lied to. So the heart, man, it just tells us about God. God loves you. God made you, and God wants you. And so I told this lady, I was like, listen, you know, uh, man, there, there's a lot of, man, you've gone through a lot. And I said, you know what? As I look around the world, this world is pretty messed up. And, and you know what? That's actually what takes us to the next part. It's the division symbol. And, and, and the reason that there's so much brokenness in your life and in the world and in, in my life is, is not because of God, but it's because of sin. A lot of people want to point the finger at God, but you can't point the finger at God. you got to look inside. That, that, that sin is the problem. Now, there are three things you need to know about sin. I want you to write these down. Again, you won't always use every one of these, but, man, God will allow you to use some of this while you're talking to somebody. Hey, I want you to know God loves you. God made you. God wants you. But there's a problem. God created you and I for a relationship with him. And so you sit there and go, well, why don't I have, why, where's God then? Did God abandon me? And the answer is no. You ran from God. That's what sin is. It's rebellion against God. And here's what the Bible says about sin. Sin, number one, infects you. Every one of us are infected by sin. We are sinners by nature and by choice. Nobody had to teach you how to sin. Just ask your parents. Right? Like before you could talk, you were already sinning, right? Like the moment you heard the word no, your sin nature came out. So did mine. Am I right? Come on, somebody, right? Can I add that? I want that candy. Am I? No. Ah! Right? 
Sin infects us all, Romans 3, 23. For all have sinned and fallen short of the glory of God. But sin doesn't just infect us. Sin has a price. It separates us, right? Your sin has separated you and your God has caused him to hide his face from you that he will not hear. So sin infects us. And because we are sinners and God is holy, we are separated from God. But it doesn't just infect us. Here's the big one. Sin kills us. What's the wage of sin? What's a wage, by the way? A wage is something you earn, and you and I earn for what? For work we've done. Here's what the Bible says. Because we're all sinners by nature, by choice, we're all sin in thought, word, and deed. We all do what we shouldn't do and don't do what we should do. Every single one of us. Look at somebody and say, yeah, that's you. Go ahead, tell them, all right? Like every one of us, right? And because we are sinners, the Bible says we've earned the death penalty. Sin separates us from God who is life. Sin kills you. Romans 6.23, the wages of sin is death. So I'm talking to this lady. And I'm like, listen, I feel your pain. I feel your brokenness. I see it. I see it. And you know, the problem is that there's sin. And as lovingly as I could, I looked at her and I said, and it's not just sin out there. It's sin in here. We're real good at saying, yeah, sinner, sinner, chicken dinner, right? We're, we're real good at, at pointing at everybody else's sinners. And it's their fault and his fault and her fault and them people's fault. And those, we're just like our great, 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 great grandfather, Adam, right? God rolls up on the scene. Where are you? What does Adam say? Adam doesn't say, I messed up. What does Adam say? Woman, that woman. And then he takes it a step further. That woman you gave me. He got bold. God, it's not my fault. It's hers and yours. And the woman, she's like, eh, it ain't me. It's the devil, right? Like, ah, it's that. No, no, no. Like, we do the same thing, right? But here's the truth. I wanted this lady just to feel this. Listen, the brokenness you feel right now is not just because you've been sinned against, but because you have sinned. And many of you sit in this room and you feel broken and you feel hopeless. You're like I was when I was 18 years old. I had all the knowledge up here, but I would lay my head on the pillow at night and I knew something was wrong. I knew something was missing. I was going through the motions. I was trying to do the do's and don'ts the don'ts and go to church and read my Bible and go to prayer meeting. And you know what, guys? It all left me empty. Why? Because none of that matters apart from Jesus. And at 18, I laid my head on the pillow. I was like, Lord, something is wrong. Something is off. 18 years old. Uh, one Sunday night, about four in, four pews back, uh, you know, about six people in. And the Lord's like, oh, you know what the problem is? Is you know all about me, but you don't know me. Like, like Ryan, everybody tells you you're a good kid. And I'm just telling you there ain't none good but one, and that's me. And you need me. You don't need another sermon. You don't need another, you don't need another song. You don't need another, you don't need to give any more money. You don't need to try to do any more. You just need to receive what's already been done. So I'm talking to this lady. I'm like, listen, I don't know you, but I do know you because the Bible says something about you that we all have sinned and fallen short of the glory of God. And that sin leads to death, separation from God. And what you're looking for in your life, there's no man in this world that will ever be able to fulfill it for you. Except Jesus. And I said, oh, by the way, that takes me to the third symbol, right? What's the third symbol? Well, I'm glad you asked. It's the cross. And what does the cross remind us of, somebody? It reminds us of, whoo, I'm like, girl, I'm like, now it's about to get good, right? Or as like I said the other night, it's about to get gooder, right? Because here's Jesus, and here he is. And, and, and listen, there's a God who loves you and made you and wants you, but the problem is sin that infects you, and it separates you, and it kills you. But there is now Jesus. This is why we're hope dealers. Why? Because hope has a name. His name is Jesus. What do we need to know about Jesus? There's three things. You know it's three things because we're Baptists. There's always three things, right? So here's the three things you want to you wanna know. Am I right, Pastor? Let's go, all right? And usually they're alliterated, too, if it's really of the Lord. If it's not, then I don't know. But check this out. Jesus what? Three things. Came, died, rose again. Here's what you need to know about Jesus. He came, died, rose again. Say it with me. Came, died, rose again. Say it again. Came, died, rose again. Like that's the gospel according to Paul. As a matter of fact, he said, 
Here's the gospel. I declare to you that Jesus Christ came into the world, that he died according to the scriptures, that he was buried. On the third day, he rose again according to the scriptures. Here's the gospel. Jesus came, died, rose again. What does 1 Timothy 1.15 say that Jesus came? Oh, but why did he come? Paul says this is a trustworthy saying, a deserving of full acceptance. Listen close. Look at your neighbor and say, don't miss this. Tell, tell him right now, don't miss this. Here, here's the trustworthy saying, deserving of full acceptance, that Christ Jesus came into the world, I love this, don't miss it, to save good kids. You better hope it doesn't say that, right? <laughs> it doesn't say that at all. It says Christ Jesus came into the world to save kids. Sinners, look at your neighbor and say, that's you. Go, go ahead and tell him right now, all right? Like, he came, he came to save sinners. And then Paul says, and I'm the worst of them all. See, the good news is that Jesus came and he didn't come for the good guys because there ain't no good guys. He came to save sinners. The unrighteous, the unholy, the undeserving. He came to save sinners. And so he died, but he didn't just die. He died for our sins. He died for our sins. This is the important thing that Jesus did. Lived a perfect life, died for our sins, but God demonstrates his own love for us. And that while we were still sinners, isn't that crazy? I think Bob said it well. Or no, maybe it was you. I don't Somebody up here a while ago said, hey, Jesus doesn't, didn't say, hey, clean yourself up and come to me. It's Ben, yeah, Ben up here just leading worship, preaching up here and stuff. I'm like, let's go, right? Like God didn't say, hey, clean, hey, get your junk together and I'll accept you. That's religion. But Christianity says, Jesus says, hey, you are jacked up, messed up, toe up from the flow up. Come on. This is what he says, right? While you were still sinners, Christ died for you. So Jesus came. Jesus died for our sins, but he's not dead. Look at somebody and say, God ain't dead. Please tell him right now. God is not dead, right? He's alive. And that's what we got. Romans 6.23, yes, the wages of sin is death, but the free gift of God is what? Eternal Eternal life. And where is eternal life found? In Christ Jesus, our Lord. By the way, if he's not alive, he can't give us life. This is why the resurrection is the deal. He rose from the dead. And so when I'm talking to this lady, I'm like, listen, I want you to know, yes, God, God loves you. But you are separated from the God that loves you because of the sin in you. But Jesus has come to pay fully, completely for that sin. But that just leaves us with one thing. And that's a question mark. It's kind of like, well, what do I do now? There's a heart. There's a division symbol. There's a cross. And then the question mark. The heart, God. God loves you. God made you. God Wants you. The division symbol sin. Sin infects you. Sin separates you. Sin kills you. The cross, Jesus. Jesus came and died and, and rose again. But please stop leaving it there. And I'm just afraid so many of us just leave it there. You're like, you understand? They're like, yeah, I understand. You're like, all right, cool. No, there's a question mark. And that reminds us what? That there is now, in light of all of that, a decision to be made. Like, it would do you no good if I showed up to your house and said, listen, um, I inherited a thousand Bitcoin, and I want to give you a hundred of them. Cool? They're like, cool, and I leave. Guess what that hundred Bitcoin does you? No good. Why? You have the information, right? But what? You don't have the access. You're like, I don't, well, I what just happened? Like you're not going to go to work tomorrow going, I'm a millionaire. Want a Bitcoin mine? I got this. If you, okay, y'all don't know Bitcoin. Never mind. Uh, so uh, I'm just kidding. I know y'all do. Um, but here's the whole point. Here's the point. A lot of us tell people about Jesus, and we just leave it there. And we don't tell them, hey, now there's a decision to be made with this information. So here, here's here's three questions like here it is number one um so in light of that will you come in light of the fact that you understand god loves you made you and wants you sin infects you separates you and has killed you but jesus came died and rose again offering life to you in light of that will you come what does the bible say in revelation 3 20 
Behold, I stand at the door and what? Knock. If anyone hears my voice and what? Opens the door, what will happen? What is the promise from Jesus Christ? I, what, will, what, come, what, in. Guys, man, when I was 18, I was like, oh, because I had the information. Some people say this, knowledge is power. Please listen to it. Knowledge is not power unless it's acted upon. The gospel is the power of God for salvation. Listen, listen, not period. Don't miss it. The gospel is the power of God for salvation to everyone who believes. If you don't believe it, you can't receive it. But if you believe this story, if you believe that God loves you, sin separates you, Jesus can save you, and you will come, you will hear the voice, you will open the door, and then you will confess. I already told y'all Romans 10.9 was the one that, that God used to flip the script on my life, right? If, if you, what? If you confess with your mouth, Jesus is Lord. You believe in your heart, God raised him from the dead. Beautiful promise, four words. You, look at somebody and say, even you, please tell them, right? You uh, will be saved. That's good news. I'm like, let's go, right? That's the one the Holy Spirit was like, hey, Ryan, um, that's what you're missing. And for some of you tonight, the Holy Spirit's doing this to you right now. Are you listening? You've raised your hand. You said you need him, you said you want him, but you hadn't opened the door. And tonight, tonight to open up the door, to open up your mouth and confess, Jesus, you are Lord. Open up your heart and say, come in and live in me. And then will you call Romans 10, 13, just a few verses later, what does it say? Everyone. Look at somebody and say, even me. E even, even me. Tell them. Everyone who calls on the name of the Lord, what? Will, what? Be, what? Say. Now, in case you missed it, let's just look at it. Everyone, everyone, anyone, anywhere, anytime, everyone who calls on the name of the Lord, what, somebody, will, what, be, what, saved. And that's a promise not just for 2,000 years ago. That's a promise for tonight, Dad. That's a promise for tonight, young lady. That's a promise for tonight, Grandpa. You've been in church long enough. Now it's time for the church to get in you. And his name is Jesus. Church ain't going to save you. Only Jesus can save you, but you got to call. This is one of my favorite verses in all the Bible, by the way. Why? Because it's just a beautiful, simple promise. Just, I'm like, I, I love, like, sometimes, you know, these theologians, they're like, well, let's talk about that a little bit. Well, how about you just take it for what it says? Right? You call on the name of the Lord, you will be saved. Like, you're going to tell me you know more than Paul? Like, Paul didn't tease that out. He just said it. Hey, if everyone who calls on the name of the Lord, say it with me, everybody, what? Will be saved. Now, you want to know why I'm trained? You know why I gave you this information? You want to know why um, at the end of tonight I'm just going to say, hey, come, get your wristband. Get two. Get one for yourself. I, always, I typically will have two on. Um, now, why, why do you think I have two on, by the way? Man, y'all are smarter than people in Texas. I'm telling you that right now. So, yes, because I always want to have one to give away, right? So if you ever see me with one, you, you can ask me, hey, Ryan, who'd you talk to today? Because I just gave that to somebody, right? And so I just want you to come. And, man, we want to give you these. I want to give you two of them tonight. Why? Because I believe there are people in your life that need to hear this story. Someone needs to be, they're going to see this on your wrist. They're going to go, what's that? And if you dare say, I don't know, we go into town, all right? Now, 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 why is that so important for me to equip you with this? Look close. Because right after Romans 10, 13 is Romans 10, 14. And don't miss this one. Everyone who calls on the name of the Lord will be saved. So, so Paul goes, he says, so how are they going to call on, uh, in him in whom they've not believed? Oh, and, and how are they going to believe in him of whom they've never, what, somebody? Heard. Oh, <laughs> and how are they going to hear without Ryan showing up and telling? No, 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 no. How are they going to hear without Someone telling. Look at your neighbor and say, you're the someone. Look at me close. You are someone's someone. Not me. 
are someone's someone. I'm not. Like, it would be so easy. I remember when I was a youth pastor, sometimes my youth would come and go, hey, hey, uh, they call me Brother Ryan back then, right? Uh, hey, hey, Brother Ryan, you know, like, hey, Brother Ryan, um, here's, um, I got a buddy at school, and, and man, they're lost, and hey, will you come with me? Let's go to their house. Will you tell them about Jesus? And I'd look at them, I'd go, nope. And they're like, why not? And then I'll ask them, well, let me ask you this first. Have you told them about Jesus? They're like, uh, no, 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 I, that's why I want you to. I said, No. I said, I'll go with you so you can tell them about Jesus. But I will not be the first person to tell them about Jesus. Why? Because they have the relationship with them. I don't. I don't have that relationship with them. But I'm going to tell you, if you tell them about Jesus and I'm there and you start messing it up, I'll clean it up. I'll help you. But I'm not doing it for you. See, and a lot of times here's what we do in church. Hey, hey, Pastor Mac, I got a buddy. Will you pray for them? Like, will you go tell them about Jesus? You can tell them no from now on. I said, no. 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 But I'll go with you. I'll be right there with you. But you're going to tell them first. That's like asking a girl, asking your buddy to ask your girl out for you. <laughs> hey, I want to date this girl. Will you? T- no. Weirdo. You tell them. Here's the, here's, let's just run it back real quick and then we'll be done. If you don't tell, they can't hear. Everybody with me? If they don't hear, they can't believe. Man, y'all are killing this. I love it. Um, If they don't believe, look close, they can't. And if they don't call, they can't be you see it? You see it? This is why at our ministry, we don't exist just to preach the gospel, but to prepare you to do the same. Because there's no way we can reach everybody. But you've got someone in your life who you are the someone for. And so, as they come up, Ben's can come up, whoever, and I, I got three questions for you. Number one, number one tonight. Have you called on the name of the Lord to be saved? Have you called? Young man, have you called on the name of the Lord to be saved? I didn't ask you if you go to church. I didn't ask you if you're better than the person sitting beside you. I didn't ask you if your dad's on staff or your mom's a good kid. You know, I didn't ask you. I didn't ask, I'm asking, have you called on the name of the Lord, Jesus Christ, as Lord, as God, as Savior, as King of your life? That's the first question. The other two don't matter right now for you until you answer that one. If you say yes, the next two questions are for you. If you said, I'm not sure or I don't know, I'm coming back to you in just a second. But stay right there. Now, for some of you who said, have you called? You're like, yes, Ryan, yes. Here's the second question. Who in your life needs to hear? How many of you would just say this, Ryan? (laughs) I can name one, two, three, four people in my life right now that need to know about Jesus. Hold your hands up high. Hold them up high. Hold my, hold my. All right. And by the way, if you're a believer and you couldn't raise your hand up, you need to get some more friends. All right. Just saying. Um, some more people don't know Jesus in your life. It's okay, but just pray. Pray. I promise you, you'll meet them tomorrow. You'll be at the grocery store. <laughs> you're going to meet them. Who in your life needs to hear? Okay. Then, then the third question is Will you go and tell? I've taken one excuse hopefully away from you tonight. That excuse of, I don't know what to say. Really? You know what to say. And I've even gone one better. If you don't know what to say and you get nervous, you can always just take the wristband off and go, here, go look at that website. That's all you got to say, all right? Because... <laughs> But please don't do that, all right? Please don't do that first. Uh, we put this website on here because I know a lot of times you don't get to tell the whole story. I go back to the lady at the restaurant. Um, I got to share the whole gospel with her, but I could tell she wasn't ready. Sometimes you can just tell. Like, you know, she just wasn't ready. And it wasn't my job to push her and say, hey, you want to pray right now? Like, that's not my job to do that, right? There are times where I say, hey, are you ready for that right now? I, I ain't got time, but I'll tell you a story on a plane. 
led a woman to Jesus, 35,000 feet in the air. One of the freakiest things in my life ever happened. I'll, maybe I'll tell you that tomorrow, I don't know. But anyway, sometimes you don't get to tell the whole story. So here's what I did. I took the wristband off and I said, listen, thank you for letting me share this story with you. And uh, I want to give this to you. She said, oh, really? I said, yeah, really. And she, she immediately put it on her wrist. And I said, now when you flip that over, you're going to see a website. The website is jesussaved.me or Jesus Saved Me. Jesus saved me. If you go there, I share the whole story. It's about a 10-minute video. It's just me sharing the gospel. And so if you're talking to a friend and you don't get to share the whole gospel, hey, just give them the wristband and say, hey, you, will you take this? And hey, maybe later on tonight, like teenagers do and wives do and bet, yeah, I'm married, so I know. I mean, scroll your phone at night, you know what I'm saying? I, okay, nobody else does, but my wife does, so, um, and me too. I say, hey, when you, when you get on your phone tonight, when you lay down, hey, why don't you just go to this website and watch this video? Just watch it all and just see what God does. You just never know, right? So, so I want you to have this. But, but here's tonight what I want you to do. I, I want you to really, um, if you have people in your life you know need Jesus, and man, you want to go tell them, here's what I'm going to invite you to do. We've got wristbands all the way from over here to over there, and I've got more in the bag back there. Somewhere we'll find them. Um, I, I want, here's what I want us to do tonight. Number one, if you're a believer, I want you to come get two wristbands. And I want you to take them, put them on your wrist. And I just want you to get on your knees and pray for those people. Who in your life needs Jesus? I believe you'll never, well, I think it was Spurgeon maybe who said this. Before we talk to men about God, we need to talk to God about men. And here, here's all that means is, before you go tell someone about Jesus, tell Jesus about that someone. In other words, pray for them. And it's amazing what happens when you pray for people, how those doors just open up. All of a sudden, oh, i got an opportunity to tell this person. <laughs> the Lord works in supernatural ways. So I want you to come in just a little bit, grab two wristbands and, and, and pray together. Um, here, here's what would be cool. If you're a family, um, maybe, maybe as dad or mom, you would just uh, get with your kids and and maybe they get a wristband, and listen, it's way bigger than a wristband, but they get a wristband, and you go, hey, who do you think in your life may need Jesus? And y'all just spend some time praying for them out loud together. And then you, as a mom or a dad, actually share with them about the person in your life. You wanna talk about accountability, now it's getting fun. Because that kid's gonna ask you, hey, did you, did, did you tell Ryan about Jesus yet? And you're like, oh, oh, that was two weeks ago, right? And you've been dodging it. So maybe get as a family and you just pray together, husband and wife. Maybe, maybe some of you students just link arms together and, and y'all all got the same person on your mind right now. You're like, oh, that dude needs Jesus, right? And he ain't gonna even know what hit him tomorrow or tonight. But y'all gonna get together and pray. But, but let me just say this. Going back to question one, if you're in this room tonight and you're not sure you've ever called on the name of the Lord, I'm gonna help you do that right now. So would you bow your heads in this room? If you're in this room, listen, I'm not gonna come to you, but I am gonna help you. And you say, Ryan, I'm not even sure that I've called on Jesus as my Lord. Ryan, I need Jesus to be my Lord, my God, my Savior. Man, I realize God made me and loves me, but I realize tonight sin has separated me and what's missing in my life is Jesus. Jesus can save me. And Ryan, tonight, I just wanna tell you, I want Jesus to save me right now. My decision tonight is I want to call on the name of the Lord and be saved. If that's you tonight, with nobody else looking around, I want to help you. Would you just lift your hand up right now? You say, Ryan, that's me. I need Jesus to save me tonight. Would you just slip your hand right up and right down? Anybody in this room say, that's me. Like, I, Ryan, I need Jesus. I need to call on him. I need to be saved. Would you just slip your hand right up? And write down, if any of you are like that in the room tonight, I want to pray for you, and I want to help you right now where you are. Call on the name of the Lord. Anybody in the room, don't be afraid. Don't be ashamed. Just lift that up high so I can see it for a second. Awesome. I see it. Okay. Okay. Now, here's what the Bible says. Everyone who calls on the name of the Lord will be saved. So, I, God, I pray right now for those in this room who, who've lifted their hand. That in a moment they would lift their voice and they would give you their life and invite you to be Lord of their life. God, would you save them in this place? 
With every head bowed, I just wanna ask, if you are serious about being ready for Jesus to save you, if you're serious about you being ready for Jesus to move into your life, and you're serious about being ready to invite Christ into your life, I want you to do something. Would you just look at me right now if you're serious about that tonight? You serious about that tonight? Yeah, 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 you, you serious about that? You serious? Is there any need tonight? This, yeah, this, no, yeah, okay. I'm looking around, just look at me right now. You need that tonight? If you need that, just look at me. I'm looking around, making sure I'm not missing anybody. If you're looking at me and I don't see you, just kind of lift your hand so I can see you. Is that what you need tonight, man? Yeah, awesome. Here's it. Here it is. I want, I want to give you the picture, so keep looking at me. Here's the picture, right? It's, it's the picture of him knocking on the door of your house. Can he just walk in after he knocks? No, that'll get you shot, right? That'll get you in trouble right there. What has to happen when he knocks? What has to happen? You have to come to the door. You have to open the door. And then what? You have to what? Say, come in, right? Do you know how Jesus moves into your life? Just like that. He takes his physical reality and makes it spiritual. He says, listen, if you want me in your life, here's how I come in. You invite me in. But he doesn't come in. He doesn't come in to be co-pilot. He comes in not to take part. Listen, he comes in to take over. So when you invite him in, you're like, Jesus, this is your house now. I'm yours now. Does that make sense? That's what Lord means. It means he's God of your life right now. Does that make sense tonight? If that's what you want, you've got to invite him in. I can't do it for you. You've got to do it. And so if that's what you want tonight, here's what I'm going to do. I'm going to help you tonight. I'm going to, I'm going to lead you in a prayer. Or really, I should say, I'm going to lead you in confession because he says you must confess Jesus as Lord. And if that's what you want, right where you are, I just want you to tell Jesus, not me, not anybody around you, but tell Jesus what you want. And you invite him in right where you are, giving your whole life to him. And here's what he says. Everyone who calls on the name of the Lord, listen, will be saved. And that's a promise from God to us. And I'll just tell you right now, God ain't no liar. So if that's what you want, would you just bow your heads right where you are? You don't have to scream this out loud, but would you whisper this right where you are? Other believers, you may just whisper this out where you are as well. But if you're ready for him to move in, to be your Lord, your God, your King, right where you are, would you just say something like this? Jesus, I believe you are Lord. Tell him that right now. Jesus, I believe you are Lord. You are God. You are King. And tell him something like, Jesus, I want you. Those are powerful words right there. Jesus, I want you to be my Lord, my God, and my King. Jesus, tell him, I believe you are alive. You ready for this? Tell him this right now. And I want you to live in me, to save me, to be my God forever. I am yours. If you're in this room tonight, from your heart, out of your mouth, you invited Christ in tonight. Would you do me a huge favor? Would you just look at me right now? Would you look at me? Did you do that tonight? Do you believe he moved in? He said he would, right? Did you do that tonight, bro? Did you do that? Did you invite him in tonight? Yes? Yes? Did you invite him in tonight? Come on. Anyone else? I'm looking around making sure I'm not missing anybody on mine. Did you invite him in tonight? Did you invite him in tonight? Okay. Here's what we're going to do. We're going to do something crazy, all right? This is going to be fun, all right? Um, I'm going to invite y'all to come and just stand right here with me. we got our pastors up here, and you're, I, know, I know your leader's here with you, and maybe she'll walk down here with you as well. Um, and here's what we want to do. We want to we walk out here with you, and we want to just say, hey, here's what happened, and here's kind of what's next, right? Here's what's next. Because the Bible says you're born again. You're born again like you're not the same. Okay, so in a moment, everybody in this room is going to stand up. And when everybody stands up and they start singing or coming and getting wristbands, here's what I'm going to ask you to do. Just come. I'm going to be standing right here. Y'all just come stand right here with me. 
and then I'm going to hand you off to Bob or Pastor Mac, and they're going to walk you outside, and they're just going to help you take next steps. Y'all with me? Just kind of nod your head. You with me on that? Awesome. Now I want everybody in this room to look up. We're about to sing. There are wristbands all over this place. Do y'all realize all I did tonight was just tell the story? That's all we're called to do. I can't save anybody. All I can do is just tell the story. You can't save anybody. The pressure's off. All you got to do is tell the story. So here's what we're going to do. There's probably not room for all of us up here, but we'll make room, all right? So come in just a moment. Grab a couple wristbands. Grab your family. Spend some time praying. Those of you who trusted Christ tonight, I'm going to be standing, maybe the best, I'm going to be standing right here, okay? Right, right there on the floor. And I just want you to come to me right here, and then I'm going to hand you off to either oh, to Pastor Bob right here, and he's going to take you outside right here. I promise you, he'll bring you back, okay? And he's just going to he's just going to talk with you about next steps, okay? Everybody with me, just say I'm with you. If tonight you're like, man, I should have prayed, man, I want Jesus, but you weren't there yet, come down here too. And we want to help you take those next steps. The rest of us, we got two jobs tonight. Come, get wristbands, and pray so we can go and tell. Everybody got it? Say, God. God, you are good. Lord, speak to us in this time. Hear these names that are about to be lifted up. God, fill us up, Holy Spirit. Send us out as bold, unashamed witnesses to tell the world about you. Thank you, God, that you love us. Even though sin separated us, Jesus, you came to save us. And all you say now is, do you want me? Because I want you. Lord, send us out in Jesus' name. And everybody in the house said, amen. Let's stand up together. As we stand, y'all come. All of you just trusted Christ. Come stand down here with me. I'm going to help you take next steps. Y'all step out. Wristbands are here. Don't wait on anybody else. Somebody be bold and just come on. And then we'll pray. We'll spend time together. Y'all come right here with me. All of you just come on. Don't be afraid. I'll turn the mic off. I promise I won't embarrass you with the microphone. So come on.